Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 89 of the Cloudcast. Actually, this is take two of episode 89 of the Cloudcast. We uh, recorded this a couple of weeks ago, and unfortunately, due to a complete screw-up on our end, uh, we, we botched the audio on this, um, had a great conversation. We forward, look forward to a very, very good conversation this time as well. Um, before we get started, want to introduce our guest. We you know, The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about networking. Uh, I want to introduce our guest again tonight. Uh, he is uh, J.R. Rivers, who is CEO slash engineer, which is a very kind of cool and unique title these days, of Cumulus Networks. J.R., welcome to the show, or welcome back again. Thanks again for doing this for us. Thanks, Brian. Hello, everyone. So, you know, before we before we jump into uh, Cumulus a little bit, um, your background is, is sort of unique. Um, you know, you're, you're one of the very few people, uh, I think, that can realistically say, I've done uh, some very, very serious engineering. Um, I've worked for massively large-scale companies, web-scale companies. Uh, you've been and worked in some of the sort of areas that nobody really knows about, and, and now you're back on the on the technology side developing stuff. Give folks a little bit of background of, of what your last, I don't know, even just four or five years have looked like, because it's pretty broad and it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, well... Um... I spent about 12 years at Cisco from 93 to 2005 and did uh, a bunch of the pizza box Ethernet switches and kind of grew up with that whole world of bridging and routing and, and the whole evolution there. And then um, I was lucky enough to work uh, for a little while at Google as they were starting their exercise into building their own networking equipment. And, and then after that, uh, I got tapped to be the VP of system architecture for Nuova Systems uh, and we built the unified computing system uh, for Cisco along with the Nexus 5000 and 2000 products um, and then the last few years have all been cumulus networks so it's been it's been pretty crazy stuff you know a lot of networking a bunch of compute um, you know a lot of automation and and system integration so um, so for a number of people, if they weren't familiar with what you had done previously, uh, you were highlighted uh, last year, a little bit earlier last year, by Wired Magazine talking about uh, a little bit what you said, you know, Google building their own switches, some of the web scale guys doing it, but, but also talking about kind of this whole world of, of OEM and ODM. Where does, where does Cumulus fit into that space in terms of, is it, is it a hardware company? Is it a software company? Where are you guys... What are you doing these days, and where are you providing value? Yeah, well, you know, I've been working with, you know, some of the silicon providers in the networking industry for a really, really long time. You know, people like Broadcom and, and to some degree Intel as well. And what I was able to recognize is that this, the silicon that they're developing is, you know, on par with that of, that anybody else is building, you know, at a proprietary company, um, or I should say proprietary company, but at a, at a larger company. And more importantly, is it will only get better and better as time goes on. You know, just like x86, you know, it's a great big machine that's just never going to stop because these guys are investing in the physics required to make it happen. Um, and you know, as I, I watched that occur, I realized that, you know, like you said, some of the, the big web scale companies are are figuring out how to increase their networking capacity 
by leveraging that silicon base and then you know the, the manufacturing capabilities of some of the of some of the hardware suppliers and then putting their own software or contracting with people like us to do you know to do the software but but everybody else doesn't get to play in that game and so cumulus was was founded to be able to get that kind of network capacity into everybody's hands okay <clears throat> so you guys are we're recording this a little bit early you guys are have been sort of stealth or at least uh, below the radar uh, next couple of days you're making a fairly large announcement what's what's the big announcement what uh, where are you telling the world well we're launching the company which is kind of to some degree neither here nor there but at least we'll have a website that's that's slightly interesting from here on out but but more importantly we're announcing our product which is, is cumulus Linux um, as well as a set of hardware partners and distributors and VARs so that people can get access to a, a full solution, a full networking solution um, from hardware, you know, a broad set of hardware suppliers as well as our, our software supply base. Okay. So a Linux distribution, but a Linux distribution specifically for networking, correct? Yeah, exactly. The you know, as Nolan and I were, were starting up Cumulus, we, we looked at the possibilities around networking software and we recognized that while many companies are out building their own proprietary operating systems in this space, uh, Linux itself has a pretty full-featured uh, set of capabilities and more importantly, all the relevant development around system management and network virtualization and all the up-and-coming technologies are being implemented first in software on Linux, and then eventually people migrate them into their proprietary operating systems. And we realized that it that doesn't really serve the company, the customers that well because they they're happy with Linux. It's, it so we decided to take Linux and hardware accelerate it and make that available to to customers. Okay, so a couple of couple of sort of Linux specific questions are, are, are about that. So. You know, in the past, there's been networking devices that ran Linux. They tended to be appliances, so there was firewalls or IPS, you know, sort of edge devices or not not core packet-moving devices. What's different now? I mean, what, what, what have you guys done that's sort of unique in terms of helping people get over the fact that Linux wasn't necessarily designed to be a network operating system in terms of performance or latency? Yeah, well, it ends up that the... The networking silicon, again, from, from people like Broadcom and Intel, uh, does all the heavy lifting, not, o- not only in the, the products that we work on, but pretty much all of the enterprise, you know, layer two, layer three networking products that are all kind of hardware accelerated. Um, and so what we've done is taken the Linux kernel data structures and we merge them down into the hardware and, and vice versa. Okay. Um, so if something happens in the hardware side and needs to move up to the kernel, we make the kernel aware of it. Um, and so it's not so much that you have to worry about the the CPU bound packet performance of Linux getting in the way of your ability to move packets because that's all done in hardware anyways. Okay, so sort of similar to what Intel did with what they called Intel VT, which helped accelerate virtualization on servers. Similar concept. Actually, you know that's a great example. It, it's very very similar to that. The 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 control plane in the case of networking or the, you know, the, the management CPU will set up the hardware to do what it needs it to do and then after that the hardware just takes off and, and takes care of the mundane daily tasks. Okay. 
Gotcha, gotcha. It ends up that that all the network operating systems that exist do this anyways. You know, um, you know, Arista EOS and Cisco NXOS um, have Linux underpinnings. Um, Junos has a BSD underpinning. Um, but then they tend to do a lot of the heavy lifting in user space, which which is actually even slower than doing it in the Linux kernel. Okay, yeah, that was the good news for my next question: is what's what's really the difference between what you guys are doing, which I, I think is sort of natively exposing Linux, versus you know other companies who sort of wrap something around Linux? And, and it, is it mostly about where it runs, or are there other really distinct differences um, between what you guys are doing and, and like some of the others that you just mentioned? No, I think part of it's where it runs, and, and the other part is um, what it and how that translates to a customer. Um, with what we're doing, the functionality is extremely transparent because you can you can go look at the source if you really want to see how something is supposed to behave. Okay. Um, okay. We just mimic the, you know reflect that behavior on the hardware side of things. Um, the the other part is is kind of tying back to the management and provisioning systems in that those are all built to deploy, or at least the ones that people are using these days are built to deploy Linux-based servers at high scale. And so, you know, tools like, you know, Chef or Puppet or Nagios or Ansible, all, all of those things work directly on top of this platform without modification. So it allows us to, to innovate and allows our customers even to innovate um, on their own without us getting in the way. Okay. It keeps you guys out of the business of having to be bogged down with management systems and management platforms and all those types of things. Yeah. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time supporting them and making sure that they work as expected for customers, but we don't have to tell them how to manage the platform. They get to choose that for themselves. Okay. <clears throat> so you, you mentioned a second ago, you know, people can go look at the source is this something that as you go to market, I'm not sure if this has all been finalized, but as, as you go to market, will this be, there'll be an open source version of this and then a commercial version or what's the, what's the thinking around how you distribute it? Yeah. So, so the, the, the software itself is distributed as a, a Linux distribution. Okay. Um, you know, some networking buyers like to buy what we, you know, they call a golden image. And so we'll offer it in that form as well. But the main thinking is is much like a, a Linux distribution like Red Hat or Ubuntu or Debian. In fact, we're, we're based off Debian um, as, as a foundation. Okay. The, and so for anything that is open source, like the kernel or the routing protocols or the management plane, um, people have the access to source if they really want to dig in there and see what's going on. Um, and if people really feel adventurous, they can decide to you know, run their modified source. They can patch it or, or add their own routing protocols um, outside of that. Okay. So this isn't, this isn't you guys reinventing BGP. This isn't you reinventing sort of the layer two and layer three protocols. This is really you focusing on optimizing hardware, optimizing uh, the, the OS within that from a Linux perspective and, and making it you know, much, much more deployable and, and deployable much more like servers, right? It, exactly. And then also another big angle is, or not angle, but a, a characteristic is that qualification and enhancement uh, of all of those pieces. So, you know, you mentioned BGP. Uh, we're not writing it from scratch. In, in fact, we use Quagga and Bird, uh, depending on which, which customer is interested in, in the, which characteristic. 
and you know we fix bugs and add performance improvements and those and all the things that you would expect in those communities and then we push our modifications upstream and make them available to anybody that wants to use them okay okay so um, so you talked a little bit about uh, you know you're trying to make this available for the mainstream you talked about uh, like uh, partners and distributors if, if I was a if I was a large enterprise today so we're not maybe talking about a you know the next Facebook or something but I'm a I don't know I'm a large bank I'm a large insurance company what's my interaction look like I mean people are used to you know networking coming like in the Apple model where it's hardware and software what what's the what's the new interaction look like who would they buy hardware from or how does that work well um, it looks a lot like they buy their servers and actually interestingly enough to some degree how they buy their their networking Um, you know, if uh, if you're a bank, for instance, you you might use CDW as your VAR, and you'll to buy a server, and so you'll call CDW and order um, a, a Dell server, and you'll order it with a certain set of operating systems on it, and it will come to you all pre-configured and set up, and it'll come through that one that one supplier. If you're if you buy a Dell server and it comes with with Red Hat pre-installed by Dell, um, then you go to Red Hat and pick up that software license to use. To use RHEL on the platform. Okay. And in our in our case, it comes in a very similar way. They they buy the hardware from someone like you know CDW is not one of our distributors, but they're on the list of people we're working with. Um, and they would buy that hardware from from one of the distributors and or of our, and then they would come to us to get a license to run Cumulus Linux on it. Okay. And and for the for the network hardware, are they? Are, are they coming from names that anybody would have heard of, or are these mostly sort of what, what are considered to be ODMs, um, you know, uh, in, in that terminology? I think it's for the for the mainstream enterprise buyer. I'd say they're mostly considered to be ODMs. Okay. Um, with that said, you know, people like Acton and, and Agama or Quanta, um, Celestica, but but these suppliers have been. Manufacturing for the largest networking companies for for decades, okay. and you know, so the they have a pretty you know longstanding heritage of of deployment and you know high quality systems. Gotcha. So it's it's really more of a shifting of the supply chain, if you will, than than new companies, right? They're they're just moving from being one step away from the customer to one step closer to the customer. Exactly. It's kind of eliminating a middleman. Okay. Now. As you guys are talking to potential customers or, or people in this, what's the what's the new operations model look like? I mean, what's the skill? Is the skill set going to become kind of move from your traditional CCIE network centric skills to to much more of a of a sysadmin type of skills? Or what's a what's a Linux network operator's life look like or skills look like? Well, I think what we're seeing is that in in data centers all over the place. Um, operational efficiency be, is starting to become really important. Um, the The scale of what's being deployed is such that you, you can't get by with manually configuring each piece. Okay. And you know, if you look at the server side, um, I mean, if you kind of if you kind of roll back a few years on networking, what you would, you'd see a world where um, you could buy maybe a couple Cisco Catalyst sixty five hundreds, put them in the middle of your network. And do everything from there, and just configure those you know few things manually. 
Um, but then you'd have you know a couple thousand servers underneath, and the server admins had to become really efficient. So they built out a bunch of tools to allow them to to do that. That you know again the the puppets, the chefs, you know Ansible's coming online. You know a lot of homegrown tools people have built. Um, now the networks are becoming really high performance. You're dropping down a lot of network devices with um, pretty rich IP connectivity. And you want to start applying a lot of those same principles to the networking that you used to apply to the servers. You want to make it really easy to build out a networking device. You want to make the, the configurations as, as kind of cookie cutter as possible um, with you know, minor variations based on where you live in the network as opposed to making them handcrafted. And so that's what you see. You see a very kind of computer science or systems engineering oriented way of looking at network deployments. Okay. And will will Cumulus Linux become you know one of the one of the big complaints that people always had around uh, various and I'll just use iOS or, or NXOS as an example was if I ever had a bug in one piece of code of you know a, a BGP bug an OSPF bug a, you know it could be as simple as a Telnet bug I had to wait for an entire new build of OS to come along obviously Linux and you know knows how to do packages and in patch management, do you guys inherit all the same kind of goodness qualities um, that you typically get with Linux, or is, does that change somewhat? No, we in, we inherit all of that. So we're, we're using, like I said, we're based off of Debian, so we get to use the the apt uh, repository management tool set. So it allows customers to upgrade, you know, one package at a time. Um, they can leave all their old packages intact if they'd like to. It's a very flexible way of acquiring the latest or, or an older version of, of, of a package if you'd like. Okay, okay. And, you know, I would assume since you're dealing with stuff at larger scale, the, the types of uh, skills needed to operate this, I mean, is this something you're seeing people deploy in kind of cloths uh, or, you know, leaf and spine deployments where, you know, the we've got combined control and data plane or is or are you seeing this primarily where people are doing more controller based you know a, a, a NYSERA type of controller driven or a big switch what, have you seen anything come out of it or is, is it still lots and lots of different deployment models for customers in, in general it's a lot of different deployment models we have um, we have one customer who's uh, runs a, a CDN and they have one switch per pop, but it just so happens that they get to, you know, it's really easy for them to deploy and they're running some of their home homegrown software on top of it. And so the, the whole system is very straightforward for them to put together. Okay. Um, they, we have other customers that are running massive cloth based networks or actually, you know, multi-tier cloth networks um, that are using an overlay tech, a homegrown overlay technology, uh, kind of akin to NYSERA, but it's, it's not NYSERA. Okay. Um, and we have another customer that uses a, a NYSERA as a network virtualization overlay. So it's, it's a lot of different topologies, but inevitably what people are looking for is you know, high capacity networking that's easy to deploy and affordable. Okay. And, and I, assume, I assume all the details of this will come out once you guys launch, but without, without you guys being bound to the hardware, uh, you've got a number of, of manufacturers that are building it. I assume you're then not going to be sort of bound to a certain segment of the network. I mean, you guys could be deployed data center core. In theory, you could be deployed WAN edge. I mean, it, are you seeing the hardware guys build boxes with enough flexibility interfaces to kind of go anywhere? Or um, are there certain sweet spots right now? 
I think the sweet spot right now is, is still in the in the data center. You know, we'll call it data center edge, and it's going to be moving to data center core next. But I think you're onto something that that as this model starts to pick up, there's a, a lot of opportunity again to separate the the available hardware and embed functionally appropriate software into it. So you know, this model can transition to the you know that WAN edge of, of a data center. It can inter- it can transition into campus. Um, you know, you're, you're hearing it discussed as sometimes as network function virtualization for some of the big service providers, where they're they're deciding that they just want to run an x86 server and put what some some piece of software that used to be uh, in a Cavium or some sort of a network processor based platform and, and just run it there. Okay, so it won't it won't be entirely bound to what you would consider a. A network platform. This could also run on traditional x86 platforms, which they're becoming almost the same thing. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to let you go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to just sort of last question because because obviously you guys are swamped trying to get stuff ready for the launch. So for people that are are curious about this, you know, beyond going to uh, you know going to the new website, where will they be able to sort of engage with you guys in terms of? Uh, hackathons, you know, getting access to some code and starting to play with it, or where, where, where can you, where can people expect to see you guys out in the communities and so forth, or out in the marketplace? Well, um, you know, obviously we'll, we'll beat the the trails to all, some of the the more, bigger, more typical conferences. You know, like we'll be at Structure, we're going to be, you know, VM Worlds, the um, you know the Ops Code events. Mm-hmm. We're going to hit a, a lot of the the DevOps community so that they're aware of the technology and how it can can help them out and you know from the website we're we're taking customers you know if you're if you come by and and you know talk to somebody and make sure that we're able to meet your needs we're happy to deliver you know software and and heart and connect you up with a hardware partner uh as soon as we launch okay well very very cool well jr again uh Thank you today for the time, but more importantly, thank you for being patient with us and giving us a second chance. Um, folks, uh, a lot of very interesting stuff there. As you all know, you know, just massive paradigm change happening nowadays in networking, uh, sort of paralleling what we've seen in the servers. Um, so for JR, I want to say thank you very much. For Aaron, who will be on the next show. Um, folks, you can always get everything off of uh, thecloudcast.net or follow us at um, thecloudcast.net on Twitter. So for JR, for the folks at Cumulus, thank you very much for the time today, and uh, everybody have a great week. Thanks.